Chapter Four of Christmas A Story. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Christmas A Story by Zona Gale. Chapter Four. The placard was tacked to the old trail town post office wall between a summons to join the Army and the Navy of the United States and the reward offered for an escaped convict, all three manifestos registering something of the stage of society's development. Notice. Owing to the local business depression and to the current private decisions to get up very few home Christmas celebrations this year, and also to the vote of the various lodges, churches, Sunday schools, etc., 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 to forego the usual Christmas tree observances, the merchants of this town have one and all united with most of the folks to petition the rest to omit all Christmas presents, believing that the Christmas spirit will be kept up best by all agreeing to act alike. All that's willing may announce it by signing below and notifying others. The Committee There were only three hundred folk living in Old Trail Town. Already two-thirds of their signatures were scrawled on the sheets of foolscap tacked beneath the notice. On the day after her return home, Jenny Wing stood and stared at the notice. Her mother had written to her of the town's talk, but the placard made it seem worse. I'll go in on the way home and see what Mary says, she thought, and asked for the letter that lay in Mary Chava's box next her own. They gave her the letter without question. All Old Trail Town asks for its neighbor's mail, and reads its neighbor's postmarks, and gets to know the different writings and inquire about them like persons. He ain't got so much of a curl to his M today, one will say of a superscription. Better write right back and chirk him up or here's her that don't seal her letters good tell her about that why don't you or this writing's a stranger to me i'll just wait a minute to see if birth or death gets out of the envelope as she closed mary's gate and hurried up the walk in a keen wind flowing with little pricking flakes jenny was startled to see both parlor windows open the white muslin curtains were blowing idly as if june were in the air turning as a matter of course to the path that led to the kitchen she was hailed by mary who came out the front door with a rug in her hands step right in this way said mary this door's unfastened forevermore jenny said mary chava what you got your house all open for you ain't moving a gust of wind took Mary's answer. She tossed the rug across the icy railing of the porch and beckoned Jenny into the house and into the parlor. And when she had greeted Jenny after the months of her absence, See, Mary said exultantly, don't it look grand and empty? Look at it first and then come on in and I'll tell you about it. The white papered walls of the two rooms were bare of pictures. The floor had been sparingly laid with rugs. The walnut sofa and chairs, the table for the lamp, and the long shelves of her grandfather's books, these were all that the room held. 
A white arch divided the two chambers, like a benign brow whose face had been long dimmed away. It was all exquisitely clean and icy cold. A little snow drifted in through the muslin curtains. The breath of the two women showed. "'What on earth you done that for?' Jenny demanded. Mary Chava stood in the empty archway, the satisfaction on her face not veiling its pure austerity. She was not much past thirty-three, but she looked older, for she was gaunt. Her flesh had lost its firmness, her dressmaking had stooped her, her strong frame moved as if it habitually shouldered its way. In her broad forehead and deep eyes, and somewhat in her silent mouth, you read the woman. The rest of her was obscured in her gentle reticence. She had a grey shawl, blue-bordered, folded tightly about her head and pinned under her chin, and it wrapped her to her feet. "'I feel like a thing in a new shell,' she said. "'Come on in where it's warm.' Instead of moving her dining-room table to her kitchen, as most of Old Trail Town did in winter, Mary had moved her cooking-stove into the dining-room, had improvised a calico-curtained cupboard for the utensils, and there she lived and sewed. The windows were bare. "'I'll let the parlor have curtains if it wants to,' she had said. "'But in the room I live in I want every strip of the sun I can get.' There were no plants, though every house in Old Trail Town had a window of green, and slips without number were offered. "'You can have all the flowers you want,' she said once. "'I like em too well to box em up in the house.' "'And there were no books.' "'I don't read,' she admitted. "'I ain't ever read a book in my life but Pilgrim's Progress and the first four chapters of Ben-Hur. "'What's the use of pretending when books is such a nuisance to dust? "'Grandfather's books in the parlor? Oh, they ain't books. They're furniture.' "'But she had a little bookcase whose shelves were filled with her patterns. "'In her dressmaking she never used a fashion-plate.' "'I like to make em up and cut em out,' she sometimes told her friends. "'I don't care nothing whatever about the dresses when they get done. "'More fool the women for ornamenting themselves up like lampshades, I always think. "'But I just do love to fuss with the paper and make it do like I say. "'Land, I've got my cupboard full of more patterns than I'd ever get orders for "'if I lived to be born again.' She sat down before the cooking-stove and drew off her woolen mittens. She folded a hand on her cheek, forcing the cheek out of drawing by her hand's pressure. There was always about her gestures a curious nakedness, indeed about her face and hands. They were naive, perfectly likely to reveal themselves in their current awkwardness and ugliness of momentary expression, which by its very frankness made a new law as it broke an old one. "'Don't you tell folks I've been house-cleaning,' she warned Jenny. "'The town would think I was crazy with the thermometer acting up zero so. "'Anyway, I ain't been house-cleaning. "'I just simply got so sick to death of all the truck piled up in this house "'that I had to get away from it. "'And this morning it looked so clean and white and smooth outdoors,' that I felt so cluttered up I couldn't sew. I begun on this room, and then I kept on with the parlor. 
I've took out the lambricans and leaven pictures and the whatnot and four moth-catching rugs and four sofa pillows, and I've packed the whole lot of them into the attic. I've done the same to my bedroom. I've emptied my house out of all the stuff the folks and the folks's folks and their folks, clear back to Grandmother Hackett, had in here. I mean the truck part, not the good. And I guess now I've got some room to live in. Jenny looked at her admiringly and asked, "'How did you ever do it? I can't bear to throw things away. I can't bear to move things from where they've been.' "'I didn't used to want to,' said Mary, "'but lately I do. The winter's so clean you kind of have to to keep up. What's the news?' "'Here's a letter,' Jenny said and handed it. "'I didn't look to see who it's from. I guess it's a strange writing anyway.' Mary glanced indifferently at it. "'It's from Lily's boy out west,' she said, and laid the letter on the shelf. "'I meant, what's the news about you?' Jenny's eyes widened swiftly. "'News about me,' she said. "'Who said there was any news about me?' "'Nobody,' Mary said evenly. "'But you've been gone most a year, ain't you?' "'Oh,' Jenny said, "'yes.' For really, when Old Trail Town stopped to think of it, Jenny Wing was Mrs. Bruce Rule, and had been so for a year. But no one thought of calling her that. It always takes Old Trail Town several years to adopt its marriages. They would graduate first to Jenny Wing that was, and then to Jenny Wing what's name, and then to Miss Rule that was Jenny Wing. "'You tell me some news,' Jenny added. "'Mother don't ever write much but the necessaries.' "'That's all there's been,' Mary Chava told her. "'We ain't had no luxuries for news in forever.' "'But there's that notice in the post-office,' cried Jenny. "'I come home to spend Christmas, and there's that notice in the post-office. "'Mother wrote nobody was going to do anything for Christmas, "'but she never wrote me that. "'I've brought home some little things I made.' "'Oh, Christmas,' Mary said. "'Yes, they all got together and concluded best not have any. "'You know, since the failure—' "'Mary hesitated. "'Ebenezer Rule was Bruce Rule's uncle.' "'I know,' said Jenny. "'It's Uncle Ebenezer. "'I don't know how I'm going to tell Bruce when he comes. "'To think it's in our family, the reason they can't have any Christmas.' "'Nonsense,' said Mary briskly. "'No Christmas presents is real sensible, my way of thinking. "'It's been eleven years since I've given a Christmas present to anybody. "'The first Christmas after Mother died, I couldn't. "'I just couldn't. "'That kind of got me out of the idea, and then I see all the nonsense of it.' "'The nonsense,' Jenny repeated. "'If you don't like folks, you don't want to give nothing to them or take nothing from them.' "'And if you do like em, you don't want to have to wait to Christmas to give em things. "'Ain't that so?' Mary Chava put it. "'No,' Jenny said. "'It ain't. Not a bit so.' "'And when Mary laughed, questioned her, pressed her, "'It seems perfectly awful to me not to have a Christmas,' Jenny could only say. "'I feel like the winter didn't have no backbone to it.' "'It's a dead time, winter,' Mary assented. "'What's the use of tricking it up with gee-gaws "'and pretending it's a live time? "'Besides, if you ain't got the money, you ain't got the money, "'and nobody has this year. 
unless they go ahead and buy things anyway, like the city. Jenny shook her head. I got seven Christmas present relatives and ten Christmas present friends, and I've only spent two dollars and eighty cents on em all, she said, for material. But I've made little things for every one of em. It don't seem as if that much ought to hurt any one. Jenny looked past her out the window, somewhere beyond the snow. They's something else, she added. It ain't all present giving. Nonsense, said Mary Chava. Take the present trading away from Christmas and see how long it'd last. I was in the city once for Christmas. I'll never forget it. Never. I never see folks work like the folks worked there. The streets was bedlam. The stores was worse. What'll I get him? I've just got to get something for her. It don't seem as if this is nice enough after what she give me last year. I can hear him yet. They spent money wicked. And I said to myself that I was glad from my head to my feet that I was done with Christmas. And I've been preaching it ever since. And I'm pleased this town has had to come to it. It ain't the way I feel, said Jenny. She got up and wandered to the window and hardly heard while Mary went on with more of the sort. It seems kind of like going back on the way things are, Jenny said as she turned. Then as she made ready to go, she broke off and smote her hands together. Oh, she said, it don't seem as if I could bear it not to have Christmas. Not this year. You mean your and Bruce's first Christmas, said Mary. Mark my words, he'll be glad to be rid of the fuss. Men always are. Come on out the front door if you're going, said Mary. You might as well use it when it's open. As Jenny passed the open parlor door, she looked in again at the bare room. Don't you like pictures? she asked abruptly. I like em when I like em, Mary answered. I didn't like them I had up here. I had a shot stag and a fruit piece and an eagle with a child in its claws. I've loathed em for years, but I ain't ever had the heart to throw em out till now. They're over behind the coal bin. Jenny thought. They's a picture over to mother's, she said, that she ain't put up because she ain't had the money to frame it. I guess I'll bring it over after supper and see if you don't want it up here, frame or no frame. She looked at Mary and laughed. If I bring it to you tonight, she said, it ain't a Christmas present, legal. But if I want to call it a Christmas present inside me, the town can't help that. What's the picture? Mary asked. I don't know who it represents, said Jenny, but it's nice. When Jenny had gone, Mary Chava stood in the snow, shaking the rug she had left outside, and looking at the clean white town. It looks like it was waiting for something, she thought. A door opened and shut. A child shouted. In the northeast, a shining body had come sparkling above the trees. Capella of the brightness of one hundred of our sons, being born into the twilight like a little star. Mary closed the parlor windows and stood for a moment immersed in the quiet and emptiness of the clean rooms. This looks like it was waiting for something, too, she thought. But it ought to know it won't get it, she added whimsically. Then she went back to the warm room and saw the letter on the shelf. She meant to go in a moment to the stable to make it safe there for the night, 
So with the gray shawl still binding her head and falling to her feet, she sat by the stove and read the letter. End of chapter 4